Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good morning, Rod Squad. Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. We were, I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a brand new week. It's the RP Show. It's your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show in America. It's one of many in Canada. It's the number one and only live daytime television talk show. We're on Game Plus TV. Also on the radio in Metro Atlanta, WQEE 99.1 FM. And also on your favorite streaming device and podcast platform. It's episode number 844. We're coming to you from beautiful and steamy South Florida. That's one half of the show. The other half joins us from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle in Canada. And it's also the home and heartland of the Canadian Football League. Darren Moose Dupont joins us. Um, Do you have the lights on there or is it that bright and sunny of a day there in the sweatpants capital where you reside? The lights are definitely on, but it is is partly cloudy outside today. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for the weather report from both locales. Coming up on the program today from Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, Dean Millard. He runs a wonderful digital streaming show over there on Twitch. I find myself watching it. I enjoy it. Dean Ducky Millard will be with us later in Hour 1. And in Hour 2, the president of the Canadian Elite Basketball League's Vancouver Bandits, Dylan Kular. They've just been sold off from uh, the league-owned CEBL to private ownership in the Lower Mainland. And Dylan Kular, the team president, is going to join us to talk about that. And I think we can hit it, uh, Director Jordan, with a quick six show horn, if you don't mind. Thank you. I'm going to dispense with the how's the weekend, how was yours, how was mine, because really nobody cares. But I will just tell you this, Moose, I believe that I was suffering from heat stroke yesterday while I was watching NFL football in the afternoon and tweeting. Not that I'm making any excuses for myself, but I spent a solid, hard two hours paddling kayak in the Florida Keys. Two hours hard in Florida heat. Still summer. It's summer year-round, but it's really hot right now. So I was a little dazed and confused by the time I got home and sat down and watched some of these wild NFL games. So point one, call it a comeback Sunday. The NFL hasn't seen in years the Dolphins and Cardinals made history by overcoming 20-point halftime deficits to win on the same day while the Jets rallied from a 13-point deficit in the final two minutes. I see everybody's comments are coming in already. I can't get to them now. I can't get to them now. But we will later. So if you want to write in again later, that would be cool too. But it's me and Moose's time now. Two of those, uh, two other teams almost joined that comeback club. The Atlanta Falcons fought back from a 28-3 third quarter deficit only to fall short against the Super Bowl champion Rams 31-27 in L.A. And Joe Burrow helped the Cincinnati Bengals erase a 17-3 halftime deficit in Dallas. But Brett Maher 
which the announcers still don't know how to say his name. Brett Maher kicked a 50-yard field goal as time expired to give the Cowboys a 20-17 win. Like me, Brett Maher spent time in the Canadian Football League, and we didn't know how to say his name there either. Two weeks into the season, close games and wacky finishes are a common theme in the NFL. It's great news for the league, giving viewers who have no fantasy football or nor gaming interest reason to stick around until the end. There have been 12 games decided by three points or fewer already, the most to the first two weeks of a season in NFL history. So I had the good fortune of watching the two games I focused on were the Dolphins and Ravens, obviously, it aired in this market, and then later on, my Cowboys against the Bengals got to catch that one, too. So I was a pretty happy guy on Sunday. What was your focus, Moose? Yeah, you know, for me, um, I don't often watch NFL Red Zone. I really don't. You know, I like to get into games. So I like to watch the whole thing or get into them, and I'll, and mm-hmm. I'll channel flip myself. But I was, I was watching Red Zone. I had to because there was so much action going on that I needed somebody at the controls going bing, 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 bing. Sometimes, you know, you get the four box of different games at the same time because it was wild. Those finishes, especially in the early games, I mean, the Cardinals and Raiders game was wild in its own, but I was really tuned into that Jets game and Joe Flacco with his big comeback and then following Tua because I saw your tweet that, you know, Lamar Jackson – was just rolling, and this isn't going to slow down the rumors of him going to Miami. And it was like Tua read your tweet at halftime and was like, okay, Rod, goes out, throws six touchdowns, and the Dolphins win. I mean, this was this was unbelievable, and it's why the NFL continues to be so great. I'm pretty sure he did read the tweet, and I have to say this. Number one, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, which was the best Week 2 NFL game. I just named, well, all of them. I didn't name the Jets-Cleveland game in the dog pound. So your options are Ravens-Dolphins, second biggest Miami comeback in franchise history. They won, the Dolphins. Uh, Number two, the Cowboys and Bengals. Mention that. Number three, Raiders and Cardinals. Or number four, Browns and Jets, with the Jets with the stomach. stomach. Wild uh, finish there in Cleveland. And running away with it, Miami-Baltimore. And that's why I want to say, by the way, I've learned a lot in a short amount of time. While I do feel I had heat stroke, I think Lamar Jackson had thrown three touchdowns by halftime. It was his greatest performance ever. People have to understand, there's a lot of Tua hate here in South Florida. And whether you love him or hate him, it's Tua this, Tua that, Tua. Everywhere you go. And a lot of people want Lamar Jackson here. And he was off to his best start ever and was one of his best games ever. So I tweeted that. And then, as you say, the Dolphins storm back and Tua throws six touchdowns over the course of the game. And people are going, yeah, yeah, the Dolphins don't need a new quarterback. They don't want Lamar. What I've learned is, if you can, don't tweet during games. I learned that in Canada. I learned that for CFL games. I learned that for NHL games. I learned that for junior hockey games. And now I'm slowly infecting Americans' minds. I'm moving into the NFL. I'm moving into college football with my coverage. And it's just highly entertaining. Here's a note for you youngsters, including our intern, Braden. Here's one for you. Say the most wild, outlandish crap that you can think of. Just say it and write it, because that's what people remember. They don't really remember. In a couple weeks, they're not going to remember what I said about the Ravens and Dolphins. But they, but they tune in to go, what's this crazy bastard going to say next? That, kids, is the secret to longevity in this business. Entertain, be entertaining. 
and say whatever the hell pops into your head. Okay, we're going to move on to the CFL. Anything else? Do you have anything else on this before we do? <laughs> Let's move. I'm good. We're going to come back on Monday Night Football in a minute because your team's playing. And by the way, it's not a doubleheader. As you know, uh, that's point six b so I'll come to that. A lot of people have come here today to talk about the Canadian Football League because this is the CFL's number one podcast. One of, there aren't many CFL podcasts to begin with, but this is number one. And so here are your games. There were only three. Edmonton beat SAS 26-24, which I said the numbers showed there was no way, none. No way Edmonton would win in Sask on Friday. Who won, Darren? Edmonton won in Sask on Friday. 26-24. The head coach of Saskatchewan comes out, Craig Dickinson, whom I love, and I think is a tremendous coach, and said, we're not very good. That was after the game. The quarterback, Cody Fajardo, got booed by the home crowd, which is not a rarity, and it's certainly not a first for him, let alone a list of franchise greats. He said it hurt, and he said the team feels like the whole world's against them. He's right on all counts. But if you went and listened to my commentary this morning on Sask Radio, you can read it at rodpeterson.com. Cody does need to toughen up. I don't think my brother will mind. We had this discussion on the phone yesterday, me and my brother. He's like, Cody's got to toughen up. And I said, listen, at 30, I was soft. I'm not saying that Cody's necessarily soft, but I was certainly sensitive. All my family watching, can you at least admit that I was sensitive at that age? Cody's very sensitive. I'm not anymore, <laughs> clearly. But I got to go, go through a lot of stuff. So Co- Cody will emerge stronger from what he's going through right now, but he's not going to get through it in time for the playoffs. Nope. So it's going to make him stronger, but not for you, Ryder fans. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to benefit whomever he's with down the line and whatever relationships and teams he's with down the line. But right now, this is bothering him, and they're not going to find their way out of it by playoff time, and they're not going to the Great Cup. They might not even make the playoffs. That's my take. What's yours, Moose? They're in some trouble. And it was the conversation that kept coming up in this province over the weekend. And that was the theme. You know, um, Saturday I was in that stadium, right, calling the end of the uh, football weekend in Saskatchewan. And, you know, the theme was there was media people rolling through there. There was personnel. I mean, obviously lots of people from the province and from the city. And that was Mm -hmm. the question. Geez, this team might not make the playoffs. Look at Hamilton got a big win. Montreal's playing okay. You know, Ottawa's even winning some games. I'm not saying Ottawa's going to catch the Riders, but let's remember for that crossover spot, the Eastern team just needs to be tied to get the to get the playoff spot, right? There's no tie-breaking procedure there. The East gets it. So they're in some real trouble if they don't find their way out of this. Uh, they're, they are, uh, they're in it already. Uh, from some of our viewers, from Leonard Ferguson, he says, can somebody in Baltimore please play defense? Oh, boy. I saw a stat this morning, and I, like, I'm not the biggest analytics guy. I like reading them, the analytics for our show, analytics for sports. What I read was Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell of the Dolphins have more yards on goal routes two weeks in than they had all of last year in 17 games. Now, the cheetah, of course, was with Kansas City. But Mike McDaniel, the coach of the Dolphins, they're calling him here like the professor. He's scheming things up. All he's done is taken the uh, shackles off and let the dogs eat. You got Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Let them go. Set them on streaks. Put the ball up. 
Nobody's going to be able to cover him. So that's what the Ravens found out a little too late on Sunday. I can talk me some NFL if you want. Stacy watching from Access World Headquarters. Stacy says, how about them feisty Buccaneers? How about them? They won at New Orleans 20-10. to 10. I got caught sucked into some fake news again this morning. I got to go through yahoo.ca to get to my mail. Because as you know, my email address is a Yahoo address. So I go through yahoo.ca. First thing, Tom Brady shows cracks of relationship with Giselle on Sunday. I'm like, oh, man. Click. <laughs> Tom Brady was seen <laughs> leaving his hotel in New Orleans before the game wearing a blue track, shoe, uh, track suit and crisp white shoes, sneakers with headphones in. I'm like, that's and? news. <laughs> He's been doing that for 23 years. Uh, that was part of the And during the game, he displayed his frustration at the angst in their marriage by rifling an iPad at the bench in the middle of the game. You sons of bitches. He's been doing that for years. They're trying to relate his marital strife with Giselle to him throwing an iPad against the bench. He does it almost every game, or for sure games that they're losing. Okay, but Ta- I can, if you're a competitor or an entertainer or a performer, the last thing when the camera's on or the lights are on in the stadium or you're on that ice You're not thinking about your personal problems. Not if you're any good at what you do. And why I got sucked into reading that, that's on me. You go, Tom. Where was I? Oh, I know, Moose. You're just sitting back and enjoying this, aren't you? I don't have a lot to say about the Hall of Fame game. Um, That was the second game of the week. I got a lot of notes here, and we got a lot of time to get to our point. Because we got a lot of things to get through. Winnipeg Blue Bombers... Lost in Hamilton, 48-31. In the Hall of Fame game, I saw the comments from Zach Claros afterwards. I read them at BlueBombers.com for the benefit of our uh, Bomber fans. This is the second week this year that the Bombers were going into a bye, and they lost in their last game going into a bye. And Zach like, Zach's like, that's got nothing to do with it. I'll give Zach a lot of credit. Zach Claros, starting quarterback, Winnipeg, formerly of the Cincinnati Bearcats, University, he was like, they out-schemed us, they outperformed us, they out-everythinged us. There's no coincidence. Basically, we, they were better than us. <laughs> so kudos to Zach. He could tell he was biting his lips so hard, blood was squirting out of it. To have to go into Hamilton and lose? Don't sit well with Zach. The Hall of Fame game, it's in my 10 things column. <clears throat> there was a lot of coverage leading up to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, but not a lot of coverage coming out of it. I did see a video clipped together by the CFL. I'll give them a lot of credit. I don't know if this was the actual induction because it was indoors in the little, I think they call it the caretaker's lounge, and they had the guys speaking, but I don't know if they were outside on the field for their actual speeches. I don't know. I found the coverage of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame uh, induction Friday night lacking, okay? And then Saturday night, BC Lions win in Calgary 31-29. I see Jeff, the Stamps fan, and a few Stamps fans are complaining about the officiating. This is the second time BC's gone into Calgary and won a tight one this season already. Listen, all we care about is the fight that happened after the game. And I feel weird, as I'm sure you do. Lucky Whitehead, the former Dallas Cowboy, now the Lions, supposedly said something about Cam Judge, who's a good friend of mine. He came to visit us at Super Bowl in Los Angeles this year, came on our show. Said something about Cam or his family, allegedly. Cam responded by sucker punching him. 
And then it carried over out into the parking lot, I guess. Here's the thing on that. Guys, what, it, what is this? High school? And my guy Kevin, watching an Airdrie, our medium friend, who, by the way, is correctly making picks. Just going to put that out there. I hope you're putting money on these, Kevin. Um, he goes, is it that bad that this, there was this controversy? The crowds are down. This is something to give some people to talk about. Boy, you're preaching to the choir. choir. That's what I've been saying for 20 years. But I was called the jerk, the asshole. No, Rod, that's not what we could have as a league. No, we need to be professional. No, we can't have this kind of stuff. So I'll go and join those people. What is this, high school? Doesn't look good for the league. Have somebody suckering somebody after the game and it carries over to the parking lot. Really? Again. What is this, the movie The Outsiders? I'll get your thoughts on that, Moose, and everybody else's. Plus, Garrett Marino has resurfaced in pro football. We're going to look ahead to the Florida Panthers. We have Canadian Premier League news. We're halfway through the Quick Six show topics. It's a Monday, and it's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Jumping back into it, halfway through the quick six, I'm just going to throw in some points <clears throat> that I didn't get to yet, and we'll come back on the ones that everybody is really revved up about. Closer Jordan Romano was unable to save a lead for Toronto on Sunday, but the Blue Jays got a bit of help to ease the pain after blowing a 3-2 lead in the ninth and losing 5-4 to visiting Baltimore. The Jays watched the Seattle Mariners lose 5-1 to the LA Angels, keeping Toronto ahead of the Mariners and Tampa Bay Rays in the American League wildcard race. The O's are four games back of a playoff berth. First, a word from our sponsor, Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan. We can bring the moose in now. Um, what else did I have? The Canadian Premier League is revamping its prize structure, so both the regular season and playoff champion are rewarded financially, Commissioner Mark Noonan says, effective immediately, the winner of the Canadian Premier League regular season will receive a financial reward equal in value to that awarded to the playoff champion. Noonan, who took over as commissioner on September 1st, declined to detail the prize amount. So that's like the team that wins the President Trophy in the National Hockey League getting a financial reward, the same as the Stanley Cup winner, which is cool. As it is now, they both get trophies. Um... Just news from the CPL that I thought I would pass along. Now, the moose is there. He's enjoying his coffee. I got mine. Nice. I like this. I open up my, I get up in the morning and Twitter is always, it's, it's good. It's good. For me, it's really good. Um, people aren't really saying any mean things at all. Uh, there's people DMing me just saying, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? 
And I feel like me, I'm like, I would never write Mike Greenberg on ESPN, get up and say, would you and Dan Orlovsky, would you mind talking about the Florida Panthers season? Just, can you spend five minutes on, <laughs> get how people think. <laughs> Having said that, we will. So uh, two things, and these aren't even Ryder fans specifically, but they're, they are CFL fans. So one, I'm not totally, we'll get to Garrett Marina right away. This is my preamble to that. They're not totally done talking about the Cody Fajardo thing. There's a lot of comments coming into rodpeterson.com about the Saskatchewan quarterback saying it hurt to be booed at home, and it feels like the whole world's against them. I see my cousin Christine in medicine hat is writing in saying, I felt bad for Cody. Russell Wilson got booed in Denver on Sunday, and they won. So all I can say is I've been in Cody's shoes. I'm working with so many people right now. I'm... In life, counseling so many people, and what it's dawned on me is it's like, God, Rod, you've been through a lot of crap, a lot of really crappy crap in your life, but at least you can help those that are going through it now. You know, it's like, Cody, you just got to go through it. You got to toughen up, and there's no way to toughen up other than going through it, and I just don't think he's going to get through it in time. How do you feel about him complaining about being booed? Well, there's a great saying, Rod, and it's experience is something you get right after you needed it. So this applies to Cody, and it applies to what you said in the opening segment, that this is going to benefit Cody in the next chapter. This is going to benefit the next group. Or if he's with the riders for a long time, this will benefit the riders down the road, but not now. He's getting the experience that he can apply later in life. Whether that's next season, the season after, with the next team five years from now, whatever that looks like, But yeah, experience is something you get right after you needed it. And unfortunately, uh, this season feels like it's an experience gathering season, not a winning one. Um, They can still prove it's wrong. Kevin in the medium in Alberta says, what the heck, Rod? No Tims down there? No, there is no Tims, but there's Starbucks everywhere. Randy in Winnipeg says, I believe Tims is American owned now. I thought he was referring to this show being American owned. 50-50, y'all, 50-50. And speaking of American-owned, so Garrett Marino has signed in the United States Football League. I woke up this morning to text on my phone that Garrett Marino, the bad boy defensive lineman, formerly of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, has signed in the United States Football League. Apparently he's going to play with Michigan. I think it's the Michigan Panthers, I think, of USFL. And I'm like, okay, good for Garrett Marino. I hope the best for him. How the story played out. He's at fault. Saskatchewan's at fault. There's a lot of fault to go around here. Um, He was warned repeatedly. He didn't change. There's the door. Um, That's happened to a lot of people. It's happened to me. So I know where he's he's at there. His life should not end even though he'll never play in the CFL again. That's what the people of Saskatchewan and the CFL need to understand. There is a world outside of your world, and it's a pretty great world. So Garrett Marino is going to go play in the USFL. Some are, I saw some people say, oh, this will be a step to the NFL for him. I don't, I don't think so because I've been around NFL people here, and they are like, he's not that good. He's not good enough to pull that crap and play in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but if he goes to the USFL, maybe he's learned his lesson there. Maybe he cleans his act up. He'll be just fine. But what I want people to understand, the people that are scorning, Oh, good luck making 24000 in the USFL. 
just because you got cut by Saskatchewan and booted out of the CFL, is that where his story supposed to end? Celeste, he's a young man. What is he, 29? It's like Phil Mickelson at 50, being kicked out of the PGA and lost all his sponsors. What's he supposed to do? So he goes to live golf, and everybody's pissed off about that. Let the man live his life. Let him play pro football. Sorry, that's my take on Garrett Marino. What's yours? Yeah, it's another opportunity for him to try and, you know, turn his career around. And, you know, everybody knows around here we're big fans of second chances, right? And and getting a second chance and even a third chance. And people can grow and people can change. So, you know, maybe he grows and becomes a better guy. Maybe he comes back to the CFL or maybe he goes. I don't know if he's going to go to the NFL. That's not probably not in the cards. But, you know, he's a guy who wants to play football and, and we'll see if he finds another home. But if the guy hasn't changed... He's going to go through the exact same thing in the USFL as he did in the Canadian Football League. Don't we remember the player who was complaining about pizza on the buffet in the USFL? Got kicked out of the team, right? So that they're not going to stand for that stuff either. All this is is another opportunity for him to prove and grow as a human being and a football player. And if he doesn't do it, he won't last long there either. Jeff, the Stams fan, says Marino is an average talent. No, I don't believe that's the case at all. And I saw the news conference with the Rough Riders head coach Friday night, Craig Dickinson, saying it was brought up, the absence of Garrett Marino. And uh, is it Anthony Lanier? Neither one played and how bad their push was on the D-line. And Dickie's like, yeah, we missed them. Well, Marino shouldn't have acted like a dummy. He'd still be there. And if he is a real dummy, he shouldn't have been on the team. It's week 16 now, brah. The coulda, woulda, shouldas don't count anymore. So, um, that's my take on all those things. I'm not even really ranting. I was ranting more last hour, but uh, our rants daily for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Yeah, it's it's cool getting down uh, the CFL rabbit hole, but I'm pulling myself out of the CFL rabbit hole for a few reasons. We do have viewers all across North America that aren't all necessarily CFL fans. We covered the topics that they wanted us to cover, and I said we were going to have a Florida Panthers preview. I feel like this might be the second or third time that we're previewing the Florida Panthers, and that's cool. Did I just hear the bell go off? Or is that me? Friday. Yeah, I think I heard a bell go off, too. But where, where was that bell, guys? No big deal. Friday, did you hear it, Clark? Oh, came from one of our... Okay, maybe it was me. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Friday, I was at the Panthers ice... Or Thursday. And I just want to say something about the Florida Panthers, okay? Um, there's a lot... Listen, because they're down in South Florida and they don't have a lot of fans, per se. They don't get a lot of coverage. And i.e., people don't really know what's going on with him. So when I walked into the Panthers' ice den, you saw the photo on my Instagram story or the shows of Matthew Kachuk. He's the face of the franchise already. And Matthew Kachuk could walk down the street anywhere in South Florida, and nobody would know who who he is. And if he has success here, that will change. But for now, I think that's what he's enjoying is nobody knows who he is. Consider this for the Florida Panthers preview. I went and clicked on their roster this morning for the sake of a preview. Alexander Barkov, uh, Radko Gudis, obviously, Sergei Bobrovsky, two-time Vezina winner, Spencer Knight in goal, world junior champion, Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart, 
Anthony Duclair, Aaron Eckblad. Yep, X, they're going to be good. But they got a new head coach in Paul Maurice, Andrew Burnett. This is where it gets good. And this is after having talked with hockey people. Trust me, they do exist down here. They do exist. There are hockey people that know what's going on. They were like, Rod, when Joel Quenville was forced to step down as head coach, the whole culture of the team changed. And that's why those of us in the know thought it was a joke that Andrew Burnett was a finalist for coach of the year. Just because I watch the team every year, the entire complexion and culture of the team changed when Joel Quenville quit. Andrew Burnett, very nice guy. But what does John Lynch say? Nice guys run the Kinsman Club. Yeah, they went on to have the best power play. but. They had the most talent, and they got swept in the second round. Like We sit there and go, if Quenville was the head coach, would they have beat Tampa? Prop, very good chance. Very, there's no, we'll never know. But the things changed when Joel Quenville was forced to step down. And what we don't know was, did the owner of the Panthers, Vinny Viola, uh, collapse to uh, cancel culture and make his coach step down, or did Gary Bettman pull a... I can't even say a Randy Ambrosi or Roger Goodell because I don't know if those commissioners would do that. But did Bettman say, you make him step down or I will? I don't know. I never heard the answer to that. I don't think there's too many people know the answer to that. So I guess my point is Paul Maurice, who was pretty good in Winnipeg but didn't win anything, now is in charge of this whole thing. And now Matthew Kachuk, here's the face of it all. It's a hell of a change, Moose. So what do you see from where you're sitting? It's a lot of key changes. You're right. Like it's at the most important spots, you know, at the highest end, mm-hmm. you know, you got Barkov and Ekblad as your kind of leaders on the ice. Now you've brought in a personality like Kachuk, right, to play with them and be a part of that. You've got a whole new voice at the front. So, you know, you could have two new key cogs here coming into a locker room, kind of stepping up as leaders. And you've got guys who have been there while being like, guys, that's not how we do things. We've, we've built this for the last five years. And we're at the crescendo here, and we were close last year, and we want to get close again. Don't put us back to square one. So it'll be important how they communicate, how Paul Maurice and the interviews he's done with all of his leaders in that team and and how he comes in and what buttons he presses. uh, It'll be fun to watch for sure. I'm interested to see how they respond. So that's a lot of our commentary so far. Holy smokes, we're up against it for a break, and Dean Millard's in next. from Enor. Enor is all I'll call him on YouTube. He says, Quenville's experience and ability to adapt and change on the go is unprecedented. If he was there last year, it's possible they get by Tampa. That's what I'm saying. From Todd Pinkney, Pink says, update for you, Moose. Josh Gordon elevated to the Titans' active roster. I got to say, uh, say something, man. He must be one hell, one hell of a receiver. To <laughs> have so many chances and be kicked <laughs> off so many teams. Um, from Alan Fullerton, he says, grow up, Cody. Oh, my God. Ted in Red Deer says, agree 100%, Rod. Everyone needs a second chance at one time or another. Everyone. <coughs> Chad Yanchicki in Winnipeg says, live and learn. Best of luck to him. And he's referring to uh, Garrett Marino. Moose, I'll see you back next hour. Cool? You bet. Okay, from Edmonton. Uh, from Edmonton, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, Dean Millard joins us right after this, and we'll talk 
NHL, NFL, Oilers, Elks, whatever you want. So if you got questions for Dino, that's next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. Also live streaming on YouTube and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Breaking news from the NFL. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans has been suspended one game for his role in the fight that broke out between his team and the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. This from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Evans was considered a repeat offender after being suspended in 2017 for a similar instance. On Sunday, uh, Evans knocked Marshawn Lattimore, Saints corner, to the turf as the cornerback was jawing with Buccaneers star Tom Brady. That will keep him out of the Bucks game this week against the Green Bay Packers. All right. Well, our poll question. We bring in Dean Millard now from Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. He's got a wonderful show on Twitch, which I love, Dino. I really do. You've seen me tuning in for it. Our poll question today is simply, which was the best game on Sunday in the NFL? I won't give you the options. I'll just ask you straight out of the gate. What did you feel was the best game in week two of the National Football League? Probably the Dolphins game. Uh, I just thought Tua was great. Tyreek Hill. Um, and this is going to be weird. Uh, I'd also give uh, a vote to the the Cardinals beating the the Raiders. And I'm a Raiders fan. But just, you know, if there was bonus points for how pretty a touchdown was, Kyler Murray would be the MVP because he diced up the Raiders. But that Dolphins game, Tua throwing six touchdowns, I don't know how you top that. Uh, and how about coming back from 21 points down in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Second biggest comeback in Dolphins history. The storylines, Dean, going into that one are what I don't think a lot of people outside Florida understand. The Dolphins and a lot of their fans desirous of Lamar Jackson, Baltimore's quarterback, who looks like he's going to be free after this season. And he's from here. Tua kind of shoved it down their throats, didn't he? He did. And and listen, I, I was a Miami Dolphins fan growing up because of Dan Marino, and they never have had a quarterback, really. That's been the storyline. They passed on Drew Brees because they were worried about his back, and he just went on to throw it in their face with Super Bowls. So now that the Miami Dolphins actually look like they have a quarterback, they need to stop, and their fans need to stop, and whoever needs to, is doing it needs to stop looking at the grass greener on the other side because a lot of times you realize what you had was better than what you went after. So I'm not saying Tua is is the MVP, but he is a really good quarterback. They've been working him. They got him weapons this year with Tyreek Hill. So enough uh, enough with the quarterback talk in Miami. They have their guy right now, and that's the problem sometimes in the NFL. They're just jumping to the next great thing in quarterbacks, and they don't give the guy enough time to develop. Oh, I know. I tell, but you would not believe the environment, man. I love it. It's all they talk <laughs> about all day, every day, everywhere. Which, speaking yeah. of that, you're in Edmonton. Um, so let's talk a little bit hockey here. It is a Canadian show. How much do you follow and are we supposed to follow these NHL rookie prospects tournaments? Let's just speak for you. How much are you following yeah, about uh- what's going on in Penticton? Yeah, I watched the game on Saturday night against the uh, the Flames and the Oilers. Um you know, I, I used to host a prospect show with Guy Flaming, so we, you know, and I still love it. I'm not in it as much as I used to, uh, but I, I was watching for just a couple of guys. I wanted to see Dylan Holloway, and I wanted to see Philip Broberg. Uh, those are the two guys 
Um, you know, I got to see some good goaltending from Dustin Wolf of uh, Calgary, but um, I think these tournaments are cool. I think that they are great for a uh, hockey-starved world that's been, you know, looking for stuff to get back into uh, the game again. So uh, any hockey at this point, Rod, other than the World Juniors in the summer, uh, people will gravitate towards because it's that time of the season. So personally, I watched it a bit, not as much as I used to, but I think a lot of people uh, get really, really excited about it. I think you can make way too much about them. It's like the preseason of anything. It gets made way too much of uh, but nobody's talking about it but us, and that's why, because everybody's talking about NFL and obviously CFL, or at least from what I can see, nobody's talking about it but us. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Connor McDavid last week says the orders have a lot of work to do. I just saw the headline. I didn't read the story. What specifically does he mean by that? I, I don't know. Like, they got pretty far last year. Um, you know, I said the other day with somebody, I don't think uh, anything less than at least get into the conference final or the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, it's going to be a disappointment. Maybe he means uh, they have to become a better defensive team. Um, I'm not sure. I think, like, look at the the check marks. This this team didn't have depth for a long time. Everybody said it was a two team, a two person team. Well, they shored up that depth with Kane, with Hyman, uh, with with the, some of their young players uh, coming in, like Yamamoto and Pulyarvi, Obviously, okay, that was one check mark. Then they didn't have a defenseman. Well, I you know I still think their blue line is going to be the weakest spot, but it's better. I think Duncan Keith not being there makes them better. Hopefully Brett Kulak and Broberg take steps forward. And then they got some goaltending, that a goaltender younger than 41, which was a huge thing to do. So I don't know if they have a lot of work to do. I think this team just has to come together. Now, today they announced that they bring in Jason Damaris and, and um, uh, Jake Vertanen. I don't see Jake Vertanen making this team unless he's, uh, you know, much different than he was before. I think they have enough guys and where Jake Vertanen would play right now. Demers, uh, I don't think you can ever have enough defensemen in camp, but I don't think they have a lot of work to do. I don't know. I would disagree with Connor and say they have a lot of work to do. They got pretty far last year. They have depth. They just have to take the next steps. And, and I don't think that's a massive steps. I think they were fairly close last year. Well, I, that's just a captain, I think. He doesn't want anybody's head sure. to get too big. I, I liked what he said. I mean, in Calgary, they do tend to get ahead of themselves. Even they, I think, would have to, ex- would, would have to um, accept that phrase. But let's just look at the Flames for a second. Because I spent 17 weeks in Calgary, as you know, two more weeks in Edmonton. I kind of get the sense for how things go. They talk all day, every day about who's better, Flames or Oilers. Oilers or Flames. Doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. And I'm just wondering what you think is going to happen in Calgary since they've swapped out Gaudreau and Kachuk for Huberto and Kadri and throwing a Mackenzie Weger too. How do you think that's going to affect the Battle of Alberta? Well, I think Mackenzie Weger is going to have a huge impact on that Calgary team. And I think not having Mackenzie Weger is really going to affect Florida. But I look at Huberto coming in for Gaudreau. Well, you, you still, I think, have a pretty good offensive player, but you also got a guy who kills penalties. And, and I don't remember the last time I saw Johnny Gaudreau on the PK, and some players just don't kill penalties. But in Huberto, you get a more well-rounded player that can still put up uh, 100 points. And Uyghur, uh, you obviously get a, an offensive defenseman. I like Calgary this year. I think Calgary and Edmonton are the, the favorites for the Pacific Division. I think it's going to be good. I think Calgary has the better goaltending. Uh, I think Jakob Markstrom is going to be uh, motivated this year. So I, I, I love it, you know, and it's in Edmonton too. They talk about Oilers 24-7. Uh, 
They don't talk as much in Edmonton about if they're better than the, the Flames. I think in Edmonton, they just think they are because of, you know, the, the history. And, you know, uh, the, shocking, Rod, I grew up in Manitoba. Brandon, people always have an inferiority complex with Winnipeg. Like, they're always, they're always mad at Winnipeg and Winnipeg. I think sometimes Calgary fans have an inferiority complex with Edmonton just because of the history overall. Not recent history. You know, last year Edmonton won, but Calgary has been better before that. But just overall with all the cups. So I don't think Edmonton people talk as much about Calgary as Calgary people talk about it as much about Edmonton. But they certainly do here for sure, especially the last 10 years when Calgary was a much better hockey team. Well, believe me, um, you, you, you're bang on that all that time at the Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, which is in Calgary, the Oilers came up every day. And again, <laughs> here in South Florida, what comes up every day? Dolphins quarterbacks. God bless people like that, Dino. It puts, gives guys like you and me a job, which reminds me, tell our viewers before we go about Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, your daily show on Twitch. They're obviously watching now. means they like streaming. Get a Twitch account and watch this guy. Tell the folks uh, how they can and what they'll get. You betcha. Four to six Eastern time, Monday to Friday. Uh, we talk fantasy sports, but we talk a lot more. We bring great guests on, but we will help you win your league, make your league better. And, and we have a lot of goofy fun as well. I bring some of my late night radio days uh, to the afternoon show. And we try to get you ready right before the game starts. So it's fun. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. It was amazing to have you on, you and the Gecko, uh, the Geico Gecko that joined me last week from your deck. So I love having you on. I can't wait to get you on again. And it's fun. And you're right. If people didn't talk about the quarterbacks or the goalies or who's on the second power play, we wouldn't have a job. So God bless him, Rod. Yeah, folks, DM me if you had a tough time uh, figuring out what Dean was saying, and I'll get you directed to his show because it's just it's a wonderful show, and you do a really good job, Dean. I enjoy listening to you. you got a nice voice, which is good for a broadcaster. Okay, man, have Thanks a great so day. Let's do it again soon. You too, buddy. Take care. All right, Dean Millard from Edmonton, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. A, a sports update and viewer takeover is next. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and 99.1 FM WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the RP Show and a sports update coming at you. By the way, this is the final segment of Hour 1. In Hour 2, the Moose will rejoin, and we'll have a lot of time to talk sports. Um, I'm trying to get as much into the topics as I'd like and you'd like. We have not brushed upon Canada West football yet, and we will next hour. We've got viewers asking about that, and college football, too. Um I would suggest if you like this show and uh, you feel a void in your life on the weekends, go read rodpeterson.com, my 10 things column, where I cover college sports and college football in the U.S. Um, we had a viewer in North Dakota on Friday write in and say, what's your prediction of the NDSU-Arizona Wildcats game? I'm like, pretty sure I don't have one. But I, w <laughs> I went with Arizona. Moose went with NDSU. There was no betting line for it for some reason. Had to do with uh, the different conferences they were in. But I did find a betting line, and Arizona was uh, favored by 1.5, and they won by three. 
But I mean, and then you got teams blowing others out by 60 plus points. I'm trying to figure out this U.S. college football thing. We'll uh, delve into that a little more. But it's fun. It's fun learning something new. It is hella fun. Back to Canadian sports. The Canadian Premier League is revamping its prize structure so both the regular season and playoff champion are rewarded financially. Commissioner Mark Newton says, effective immediately, the winner of the Canadian Premier League soccer loop regular season will receive a financial reward equal in value to that awarded to the playoff champion. He just won't say how much that is. Baseball Aaron Judge hit his 58th and 59th home runs of the season to move within two of Roger Maris's American League records with 16 games to go and lead the Yankees over the Milwaukee Brewers 12-8 Sunday. And British Open champion Cameron Smith made his decision to leave the PGA Tour for Live Golf pay off Sunday when he closed with a 3-under 69 for a three-shot victory at the Live Golf Invitational Chicago. Smith was only briefly threatened in the third and final round. One of the key moments was a 10-foot par putt on the 13th hole, and neither Dustin Johnson nor Peter Uline could do enough to catch him. He won $4 million out of the $20 million purse. And uh, that is it. This sports update is brought to you by Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. In less than a month, we'll be back in Canada enjoying Edo Japan. Uh, by the way, our rock star of the day on Friday was Jock Wilson. CHQR AM 770 Radio Calgary. And he called another, predicted another tight Lions Stampeders game, and we got it with the Lions winning again. And I see Stamps fans, particularly Jeff the Stamps fan, complaining about officiating. What do you got, Clark? Hello. Last minute of play in hour one. This is where CFL fans come to talk, but they don't come here to complain about officiating because we don't talk about officiating here, unless it affects our team. But I don't have a lot of time for the officiating grump discussion. Enor Tapp says, what's up with the player dust up that happened in the parking lot after the Calgary-BC game? Should I tell him or do you want to, folks? We covered it way back at the start of the show. And if you want to, we can cover it more coming back the next hour. And we will. But we did cover it once. You need to show up on time. My quick take on that is the fight that erupted after the game on the field spilled over into the parking lot. It's a pro football game. Grow up, you guys. What is this, high school? Carlos in Indianapolis says people here are demanding Frank Wright get the sack. The, well, they're, they got a tie and a loss. Not two losses. It's a new quarterback. And Jonathan Taylor, they're running back 54 yards. Mm. <laughs> They'll figure it out, but that'll be, how are we doing for time, boys? Hello, who's there? What's up? Okay. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Sorry. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.